I'm Michelle Olivier, and you're listening to Hey, I Want Your Job, the podcast that looks at amazing jobs and what it takes to get them. Hey, and welcome to Hey, I Want Your Job. Today, I have Dr. Melissa. Melissa, other than doctor, what is your job title? I am a sports chiropractor and I'm the owner of Mobility Agility Chiropractic Performance. I also teach at a chiropractic university, emergency care and procedures, and I am the team clinician for three semi-pro teams here in the Twin Cities. Well, that sounds like a lot of showing off. Wow. (laughs) Three pro teams. Holy cow. Um, so what flavor of pro teams are these like, you know, golf, swimming, low impact kind of teams that don't really need a chiropractor? Oh, heck no. That's boring. So uh, Minnesota Roller Derby, there are local team. They also, there's four local teams that then combine to form a travel team, a semi-professional eight person women's t- uh, football team, and then a drum corps international marching band that is hopefully going to have this a season this year, even with the Rona. Wow. I, I can imagine that drum corps would be really hard on the spine because it's big, giant, heavy things in the hitting and the walking. Well, the thing is, it's a common misconception that chiropractors only treat the spine. Oh. I also specialized in treating extremities, so shoulders, knees, feet, ankles, And then I've also taken some extra time to be uh, educated in concussion care, which doesn't seem like something drum corps would deal with. But if you have two tubas on a rampage, all all bets are off. And just mental image of rampaging tubas. I love it. (laughs) My brother played tuba in the marching band in high school because, not for any noble love of the tuba, but because he, um, they had stupid marching band hats with the giant plumes. But the tubas got to wear berets and he was like, boom, done. Sousaphone. I'm in. I'm in. That was it. So there you go. Our tubas don't get out of it because they don't wear the wraparound marching tubas. They actually use concert tubas and brace right. them on their shoulders so they can be more mobile. Wow. <laughs> it's not good. No, that does not, that sounds, I am old and heavily broken. And so that to me just sounds like all of the pain, Melissa, all the pain. So I want to start with the thing that you already clarified, the whole, we are not just about your back. Why do we, including me who goes to chiropractors, why do people who go to chiropractors who think about chiropractors think that you are a backing people? I mean, ultimately that's where our roots are. And it's where we have the most amount of research is in the low back and in headaches and that we are shown to show benefit to those area. Granted, it depends upon what type of chiropractor you see. So I'm not going to say every chiropractor does what I do. I am sport certified and sport trained. That makes me a slightly different flavor. There are certifications and diplomates that we can add to our name that our education we get after our okay. school is completed. So I did a two-year fellowship after graduating in sports chiropractic. So I can imagine that somebody that a sports chiropractic designation 
would potentially be good for things that are not just sports related. Am I correct in that? Or is it that actually, no, it really is a sport specific, like, okay. So who should care about a, a sports uh, specific designation for their chiropractor? So I like to say sports or rehab designation, and it's everyone, because here's what the research says. Cracky backy does not fix your problems. You have to combine it with rehab and exercise that you do at home to manage your pain because you shouldn't be reliant on me. You should be able to control your body yourself. I'm sorry. I have to interrupt you because I can't breathe over cracky backy. That's my new favorite thing that's happened today. Oh my God. Okay. Oh, breath in. I know. Breath, breath in, breath out. That is, that is a delightful thing to call it. Um, okay. So basically it is the grown up approach to back issues, which is to say, it's not just triage for your acute situation. It's actually fixing root cause. Exactly. It, it's one of those things where when I have someone come into my office, I look at them and I go, you're going to be here for six to eight visits. I'm going to give you a heck of a lot of homework. If you do your homework, then you will be able to break up with me in eight visits. And then you can go do something. And when you do something, I, I'm going to say stupid, but exciting, Let that might be better. You go do something exciting and let's say climb Kilimanjaro and fall down. Okay, now you have a new problem that needs a solution. But ultimately, I want to empower people to be in control of their own body. I don't want you to be reliant on me. You shouldn't have to come see me three times a week for the rest of your life to survive. That's financially unreasonable, that's unrealistic, and it's ridiculous. I should be there to help guide you back to health and wellness, and then you're done. You go forth, you go do something, and you learn something new. Now, I recognize that that's not every chiropractor. That's not a lot of chiropractors. It's also not a great business model if I'm really going to be honest. Like it's so much easier if I tell you that you can't survive without me and you need to purchase these 30 treatments for $3,000. That's so much better for me, but that's not better for you. And I have some ethical issues with it. So good. Let's talk about that because again, I've been to very many chiropractors. Oh, so many chiropractors. So to, I have uh, three herniated discs in my mid-back, and then I have chronic lower back issues as well. So basically, at any given moment, my back is trying to kill me with some new combination of, of fun. Um, so I've spent a lot of time um, with cracky backy and, and other techniques as well. Um, and some of the chiropractors I'm familiar with are very, like, chiropractic can solve everything. I literally had chiropractors tell me that chiropractic will, would um, help my children sleep through the night, fix their constipation, um, help them with teething, discomfort, et cetera. And as a result, that like chiropractic care was a, should be an ongoing part of your, your healthcare solution for the family. Now you're nodding in a way that looks like you think that is reasonable, but what is your, what are you thinking on the inside, Melissa? So I'm, I'm going to quote my favorite podcast outside of my own, my favorite podcast, Sawbones. And that is if you have a, um, if something claims to be a cure-all, it cures nothing. Here's the deal. We're really good at musculoskeletal complaints. And 
when you go into what causes pain, how pain affects us and the biopsychosocial piece, meaning pain can be caused from a biological reason, meaning, oh, I rolled my ankle, my ankle hurts. Okay, that's reasonable. To, oh, when I'm going to give this presentation at my work, I get a headache and I get nauseous. Okay, that's a social reason. And, or, hey, I'm having anxiety right now and I'm having all these symptoms. That's a psychological reason. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. There's no one specialty that's going to be able to cover everything. So when I have someone that's having pain and also maybe not sleeping or having digestive complaints, I'm going to utilize a nutritionist. I'm going to utilize a therapist. I might bring in acupuncture. I'm not the be all end all for everyone and everything. A lot of docs try to pretend to be that really we're phenomenal at neuromusculoskeletal conditions. So if it has a nerve component, a muscle component or a skeletal component, that's where we fit in. The issue with the nerve thing is they try to pull out this chart and this chart that goes to all these organs and it shows all the functions. Yeah. Here's my question to them. How does that work when you have an organ transplant? Because they don't reattach the nerves. If the nerves truly were functioning in that way, when we did organ transplants, they wouldn't work. We wouldn't be able to function. The nervous system would shut them down. It's a really great business tool to sell you on wellness care. Who needs to see a chiropractor day in and day out for wellness care? One, I say people doing contact sports. If you're getting hit on a rugby pitch, on a football field, in hockey, two, three times a week, yeah, you might need to see a chiropractor more often for that. <laughs> like maybe, but if you're literally just going to work, playing with your kids and then going to the gym and exercising, if you're doing the right exercises, if you're training your body appropriately and being active, nah, bro, you don't need to see us that often. You need to see us when there's a problem and then see us when you have maybe a new thing. So like I'll have people come in that don't have like pain, but they aren't able to do an activity they want. Okay. So I'm working on their function, which means I may not adjust them. I may just take them into my rehab space, load up my bar, um, my barbell and have them work on squats. And maybe we're working more soft tissue and lengthening that ways, that kind of treatment, Versus adjusting them because that's not what their body needs at that time. And I know, I know I can already hear Cairo's listening to this going, you left the blah, whatever. This is the issue with the profession is it's really divided. There are two factions of chiropractors. One is evidence-based and reading research. The other are reading books called the green books that were written in the early 1900s. Need I say more on the direction of where the profession is going at that point? And the problem with not going beyond where we historically came from is this would be like medicine trying to practice the four humors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no one's going to see them do like you. So this is so fascinating because I had no idea there was all this turmoil. Oh, it's and so bad. 
<laughs> it's amazing to me. I also, so I have um, been, I have seen the chart you're talking about many times from chiropractors. Been, I have been sold the wellness care by them. They appear, they talk a lot about science and that science is showing us more and more, blah, blah, blah. Like they would, the people who use that chart would absolutely say that they are in the science and evidence based end of things, which leaves me to, as a consumer of chiropractic care, how in the hell do I know <laughs> a good one from a crazy bitch? So there are some key things. Okay. And these are my opinions on That's what I look for. All the disclaimers, blah, blah, blah. My opinions. One, for me, if I walk into an office and they immediately are going to take my x-ray before doing an exam, taking a history, and not a chiropractic assistant taking a history, the doctor taking the history and doing the exam, Bye bye If they are trying to sell me on anything more, like anytime they're bringing out a treatment plan and trying to sell me on something, bye bye If I'm going to an office based off a Facebook ad for $24, bye bye Because here's the thing, that's a bait and switch. Usually when yeah. you go to those Facebook ads, that's the office that's going to scare the poop out of you into these large treatment plans mm -hmm. because they have to actually make money. Here's the fun fact. Those are federally illegal. I don't know if anybody's told you that. And eventually it's going to come back to bite chiropractors in the tuchus because there's actually a federal minimum on what we can charge for an adjustment based off of Medicare and Medicaid. And that's like $24.75 or something. And so when they're including exam, x-rays, first treatment adjustment for less than $20, that's illegal. When they're including that for the federal minimum, it's still illegal because the, fed, the federal government has dictated that Medicare and Medicaid patients still have to pay for an exam. They have to pay for an exam. So when they're giving that away for free, it's illegal. So it's something like every time I see those ads on Facebook, I'm like, report, report, report. Eventually, it's going to come back to bite my profession in the butt. And I don't know what the consequences are going to be for the rest of us who are doing things ethically, especially I'm going to speak from Minnesota. We have a, in our law, in our state statute, we can't run two fee schedules. Two fee schedules is where we charge something different for something we provide a service for. So if we're discounting or giving away something for free, that's two fee schedules. That's a big deal. That's, that's illegal. I'd be shocked if we had the law in Texas because we have very few laws about things like that in Texas. It really oh. wild west here. I, I'm in HR. We have exactly two HR laws. That's it. Oh God. Other than that, yeah. so I can't speak to get... forward. I can't speak to what Texas is going on. I can't speak to every state. I just know yeah, Minnesota yeah. and Wisconsin <laughs> that follows through. The other thing is, is when I'm looking for a doc to refer to, because I have patients move, I utilize the forward thinking chiropractic Alliance. It's not okay. perfect, but it's better. And it's a global network of chiropractors that we have to one, we have to pay to be on the map. And two, if we screw up, 
we get booted and it's the FTCA, I think.com or FTCA.org. It has an entire member map of us listed and it, it's pretty nice. Minnesota's pretty saturated, which is kind of cool. And the thing is, is this perfect? No. Are there good docs that are not found on this map? Absolutely. But this is just a nice space that I can be like, here, here are things that I know for the most part, these are going to be good docs because if we find out they're not, they get eviscerated and removed from the map. I do like that there's an eviscerate. Is there a button, like an eviscerate button? There is. It's really big. (laughs) So talking about ways that Dr. Uh, Cairo's had their earnings. One of the big things in Texas is that to play sport in school, you have to have a physical from a doctor, but a chiropractor can sign that form. And usually a chiropractor will charge you like 20 bucks to do it as opposed to your doctor charging you a doctor visit. And so, especially for low income families, families without great insurance, the only way their kids get to play sports is by taking you to the chiropractor. I have my thought on that. What is your thought? So this is, this is a challenging thing. So one, it's state to state on whether chiropractors can do it based on the statutes in those states. I actually teach uh, the course for sports physicals at the university. So okay. this is actually a topic that I'm very, really? very versed in. There we go. I'm excited. Okay. So here's what I'm going to say. One, yes, chiropractors actually do go through the skills that are required to do a sport physical because honestly, it doesn't take a lot of equipment and what you're trying to identify in those is what's not normal. All right. We're not trying to come up with a diagnosis. What we're trying to determine is, do I hear something on the uh, cardiac exam? Is there a cardiac history? Is there something else that indicates this person's unsafe? Now, when I'm looking for who I want to do a sports physical from a chiropractor, I'm going to look for someone that has a CCSP or a DACBSP. That's a certified chiropractic sports physician or a diplomate, diplomate from the American Board of Chiropractic Sports Practitioners, right. DACBSP, whatever that acronym is. Sure. All the veg- all the alphabet soup. Yep. <sighs> but those are the kind of people that I'm looking for because at minimum for a CCSP, they have over a hundred hours in sports training for sport injury, additional sport injury care, additional emergency procedures. And a lot of them are working sidelines. And I'm sorry, if I'm going to stand on a sideline, I'm going to take a different perspective on a physical than even a primary care doc who never steps outside their office because I've been on a sideline with a cardiac arrest. I've been on a sideline where a kid breaks his leg. I've been on a sideline where a guy got headbutted and shattered five ribs and his lung collapsed. Those are the type of experience that I bring to my exam to go. I'm not letting you on my field unless I'm 100% sure you're safe. So from my perspective, a sports chiropractor would be a phenomenal option for a sports physical. That makes sense. That makes a, a lot of sense. I mean, a, it's in the name, right? A sports chiropractor, a sports physical. Yeah. But if they're just going in and they're just signing the form and patting you on the butt and saying, go ahead and go out there. 
that's not okay. The biggest comment I have from my athletes after I'm done with a physical is they go, that was intense. And I go, yes, yes, it was. But I know you're safe to go out on the field now. Okay. And that was kind of, so, you know, we've, but it also doesn't sound like that's a $20 deal. Like it sounds to me like that would be more, more time than $20 would necessarily recommend. I typically do, what are my, uh, so physicals by billing standards, if we're looking at coding are technically a 99202 or a 99201. So I think I charge $50 for that. Okay. Okay. So still less than a doctor visit potentially, but not. All right. All right. Well, that is, uh, that has actually made me feel much better. And my hope is that it is that understanding that is how it came to be that chiropractors do the exams, but that is definitely not what happens. No, that's not always what happens. So like in the state of Minnesota, there isn't anything specific that says we have to be a CCSP to do an exam. What the Minnesota Chiropractic Association has come out and said is, is that if you screw up an exam and you're not a CCSP and a DACVSP, we won't support you. Mm -hmm. Basically, we will get you in a lot of trouble. Now, like the state of Alaska, Colorado, and I think maybe Oregon has put it in their statute that chiropractors have to be at least a CCSP to do a sports physical. All right. So it's very, very state dependent. And there's states that have frankly just put it in there and said, no, we are not letting chiropractors do this. So why in particular within the chiropractic community, what do you think it is about chiropractic that creates so much division and so much variation? Like it's a medical practice, right? But you don't have like totally weirdly divergent versions of any other medical practitioner, right? Like a gastroenterologist is a gastroenterologist is a gastroenterologist. Why is chiropractic the, the bastion of, of so much weirdness? Oh, I, okay. I have theories on this. I have so many theories on this. I think some of the issues are, is that to actually be an effective manual adjuster, mm -hmm. it takes some skill. I guess. It, nope. it, ta it, it takes some skill. It takes some practice. Mm -hmm. And if you screw up, you can hurt someone quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And so individuals that weren't very good at that decided to make their own techniques. And there's no rule or law that dictates you can't do that. And so now there's like a hundred different techniques out there that people do. And some of them, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they're labeled chiropractic. Okay. But they are. Uh, and they're like light, light techniques or just, they're weird. They're, let's just go with that. They're, if you have a high intolerance for woo-woo, they're going to woo-woo you right out the door. Girl, believe me. Believe me, I've like, been sold on. I have attempted to be sold on light techniques, um, a soundboard that, uh, mm -hmm, yeah, um, that one they gave me for free as a you know we're trialing it situation, but it was very, oh, 
well, that happened. <laughs> um, there's a high instance of essential oils uh, yep. in, in chiropractic, I find. Um, my favorite is in the UK, I had friends who went to chiropractors who were able to apparently diagnose food sensitivities by putting a food in it. Yes, that's putting the food in their hand and did it. Yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's my favorite. With it, it's called applied kinesiology. So, uh, yes, I, uh, I, I've seen all of this crazy townness as, and, and I'm a pretty smart person, I like to think. And yet I consistently, I keep coming up against it. Like I, I, I it's so hard, I think within chiropractic to find who are the actual do you know what I mean? Like I, I know chiropractors that are way down the woo woo path that obviously you would be, if you saw their practice, you would be like, Oh no, bitch, let's throw down. And yet they are the chiropractors for sports teams, despite having no experience in sports, no training in sports chiropractic. How does this Welcome to why I have gray hair in my early thirties. Um, so here's, here's what I'm going to say. One, not every chiropractic school follows an evidence-based model. Okay. So there are those that are much stronger in historical practice than evidence-based practice and much better at indoctrinating their students to that thought process. On top of that, when we graduate from chiropractic school at this time, we're graduating with about a $250,000 just in chiropractic student loan debt. Yeah. That's a little bit of pressure to make sure. money. And that need to make money sometimes can take over. And a lot of ethical practice is a slow build. It's a slow build to success. It's not instantaneous. It's so much easier to do the discounted Facebook ads and convert five people for three grand than it is to ethically see them slowly, which is why I have a lot of income diversification. I couldn't just live off my chiropractic practice at this time after a pandemic. Mm -hmm. When you run a sports practice and there's no sports because of a pandemic, there's issues. But this is why you have income diversification. So you don't have to compromise your ethics to survive. The other thing is, is there's a lot of people that prey on young chiros and sell them on quick fixes to their office. And essential oils are an easy sell. I like the way they smell. They you. have been shown lavender to, with smelling them, maybe to reduce some anxiety. Cool. But that's Not about as far. I hate lavender for the record. Fucking hate lavender. All of it <laughs> supposed to help me sleep. I'm like, why does it smell like feet by my bed? What is happening right now? Why? That's the thing is you have to find it's the one that the person likes. So it becomes a problem when you're looking at how do we survive? How do we get through this? And this is where people make mistakes and turn things out. Now, how do people get into 
chiropractic, like into sports teams without having experience? Well, sometimes they're maybe volunteering with that sports team. They might be like, Hey, I'll come and treat your guys for free versus the sports docs going, I'd like to be paid because I have training and skills. And the team goes, uh, we like free, free sounds good. And it's like, okay, but are your players getting the best care? And they're like, well, we don't really care. So what's the fix? Because I can only imagine as a professional that this mess make you want to just throat punch people by the dozen. I, I already feel this way, right? Like I have a little bit of empathy here as a career coach who actually knows what the hell she's talking about, has some training, has worked as a recruiter for 20 years, right? Like I actually know what gets people jobs and what does not. And yet with the pandemic in particular, but also before, scores of people put signs in the yard that says coaching here. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake. Same thing with resume writing, like a not, a not small part of my company's work comes from undoing the shit that somebody already paid somebody else a lot of money to do badly. So I feel you sister. I am not in a heavily regulated industry though. What is the fix? Like what, if I gave you a magic crayon and said, Melissa, we're all the better world. What would you draw? Oh, the, uh, the fixes. I think, and this is something that I've faced here in Minnesota in that when it comes to the Minnesota Chiropractic Board of Examiners, which is our licensing board, our credentialing board, it's chaired by chiropractors. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's good that we're policing ourselves. It's not good because we're policing ourselves. And one of the biggest things is, is a lot of times when a chiropractor reports another chiropractor, the board will go, okay, but you need to have one of their patients report this. We, we understand that you're reporting this, but we're not going to look into it until a patient reports it because we don't want you taking out your own competition and I'm like, I couldn't if they were behaving ethically. Well, and, and this came up when I was reporting a person that was practicing without a license. They had lost their license and were still practicing, but they hadn't like publicly said they lost their license. You could look it up online and see that they lost it. Oh, and wow. I'm like, okay, well, how are their patients supposed to know that? And they're like, well, they could look it up. And I'm like, do patients know how to look up their provider's licenses? The answer is no. Have you ever, I mean, other than me being neurotic, have you ever Googled and gone to your state medical board and looked up your doctor's licenses, your dentist licenses? Yeah, no, nobody does. And I, I think you're exactly right. Like it's not reasonable, but at the same time, like the AMA is composed of doctors. They self-police. Have you ever listened to the podcast, Dr. Death? No, and I think maybe I don't want to, but there, but to your point, right? Like, no, I don't check my doctor's licensing. Very excellent doctor. If he is not licensed, I, Dr. Lewis, I'm still with you. If you hear this, don't worry. I'm not going anywhere, but 
I mean, but they, you know, we don't check that. The AMA, I just feel like it's so, so right there, Melissa. And it's the standards are clear. Again, a gastroenterologist is a gastroenterologist is a gastroenterologist. It's prob- It's not perfect. No system is. But I don't see why, chiro- what is it that, that keeps chiropractic from having at least that level of consistency? Is it just because it's, it pays less and so there's less, like there's more incentive, like you said, for people to sell snake oil in addition to chiropractic? Is it, it's very think- weird to me. <laughs> So I think there's a number of things going against us. One, it's the historical foundation of how we were founded. It was the fact that in the 80s, the AMA and chiropractors got into a lovely lawsuit, and that was a mess. It's the fact that every single state has a different set of licensing for a chiropractor with different laws. I'm licensed in three states. I have three states that I can do different things in. Like if I'm in Minnesota, I have my largest scope of practice. Physicals, concussion management, all of that, I can do it. I go to Wisconsin, I can no longer diagnose and manage concussions. I go to Michigan, I can no longer adjust outside of the spine. Like there's such variety in what we can and can't do just state to state that there's no consistency. And then the inconsistencies expand to our school. So I went to a heavily evidence-based, science-based school. We learn the historical context as historical context versus there are schools teaching historical context as this is the evidenced facts. Mm. The other thing is, is a lot of docs will say they have evidence, will ask to see it because when you read it, it may be a case study, a singular in of one case study. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I have evidence. Do you? I have a lot of things. Anecdotal evidence is powerful, but not statistically important. Yeah, exactly. I'm a huge, huge fan of real, real science and real stats. I, oh yeah, I could, I can rant for hours about how much it pisses me off when people send around bad stats. I think, yeah, I. So I think that's really interesting. And I definitely want the link to the organization we're talking about. And we'll put those in the show notes because I do think that, again, as a user myself, most of the time, right, talking to friends, colleagues, what have you, people find chiropractic one of three ways. They see a Facebook ad or an ad at whatever place for the $25 initial blah, 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 do that. They contact their insurance provider because they have somehow jacked up their, their back or neck. Um, and it's whoever is in their network and reasonably located geographically is where they go or it's word of mouth. And, and those are my experience. Those are the three ways people find chiropractors. Um, my best friend also has chronic chiropractic stuff and has one that she works with on the regular. She is not as janky as mine is. Like I totally win the prize for all of the bad things backwise. But um, but she is a straight up and like you can't go see mine. She was like, they're all the woo-woo. She's like, they literally rubbed a crystal on me one time. Like that's I was like, I she was like, No, I understand you would take away the crystal and put it somewhere in a non-rubbing fashion. <laughs> 
she was like, I get it. I get it. You can't go to my chiropractor. <laughs> that brings up one of my favorite TikTok videos where they're like, how to use crystals for protection. And it showed all these different crystals. And they're like, look, this one can be used for throwing. This one can be used for shanking. And I'm like, yes, yes, it can. <laughs> that is amazing. I have to try to find that TikTok. That was fantastic. I love it. So um, here's, here's what I think some of the big issues are again with chiropractic is if they go into this philosophical place that really opens them up to a more spiritual looking of things and then it gets real real woo woo real real woo woo and it makes me very sad and then the other problem is is when a chiropractor does something stupid it's national news Mm -hmm. It's national news when we fuck up. And I hate that. Like there's the case in Missouri of the dumbass Cairo that promoted, what was it? Drinking tonic water and taking vitamin D was just as effective as the vaccine. And now he's losing his license and facing a federal case. Uh, yeah, that should happen. But should it be like news the way it's, put out there no and the other thing is is a lot of chiros that are doing thing ethically their nose is to the grindstone they're working and they're caring for their patients they're not out talking they're not promoting things versus the cuckoo kachuchus are on facebook doing the facebook lives that they're selling their crystals they're waving their wands and telling you that they can fix everything and when you're in pain and been told no one can help you they prey on you because you're easy prey. Yep. And when you're a new mom with the baby that won't shut up and they tell you, bring him to me, I will fix him for you. Now, anecdotally, I will say that there were times that my children had went in, got adjusted as infants and then shit themselves. And it, and I do not know enough to know if that was a one-to-one -one correlation or, you know. If it happened every time, we as adults would struggle and be in diapers every time we went to the Cairo is my thinking. Well, that's kind of, you know, that's where I am. I feel like we've been having babies a long time. Cairo, relatively modern as a concept. And yet babies have been shitting the whole time. Yeah, chiropractic is an infantile, infantile profession. We were founded in the early 1900s by, uh, uh, I think he was a magnet, magnetic healer before he became a chiropractor. Sounds right. Oh, but well, I mean, at the same time, if we look at that then, right, within like the history of medicine, like you guys haven't even achieved leeches yet, right? Like you're... You're way, you're still way back with humors and, and shit. You're I, I think we're pushing, it, it, the evidence-based chiros are pushing past the humors and we're, 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 we're gangbanging past. Like the issue is, is this was founded in the heroic time of medicine where they would try to do everything and they didn't even have antibiotics. So people just died. And, and that's when chiropractic was founded when 
well, this seems safer than going to the doctors who don't even have antibiotics. So if they cut me open, I'm probably going to die anyways. So you have to look at the historical context of where we came from, but chiropractic doctors of osteopathic medicine and physical therapists all kind of came about at the same time. And when you squint your eyes really close, we look very similar. Now, doctors of osteopathic medicine have done a damn good job of integrating themselves into the medical health system and expanding their scope and becoming just as well-trained, just as good as medical doctors in doing medical things. And then physical therapists have done a really good job of sinking themselves under the medical model and being in, being controlled by um, MDs, which they're trying to step out of by being DPTs, so doctors of physical therapy, and having access to them without having to go through a medical doctor. And then there's the chiropractors who basically decided to eat glue and tr- and not play well with the sandbox. And now those of us who are trying to work in the medical system to be a piece of the puzzle that helps people get better are fighting an uphill battle because there's a bunch of crackaroos. So that is really interesting because as I said to you, I lived in the UK 10 years and that is where the backjacking started. And when I was in the UK, they don't go to chiropractors, they go to osteopaths. And I had always assumed it was like, you know, like it's the boot, not the trunk of the car over there. Like I had assumed assumed it was just a, which side of the pond thing. So now I'm fascinated. Tell me more. What is it? Because none of them did cracky backy. They all did stretchy, stretchy. What the helly? So, so (laughs) osteopathic medicine is based off a long lever system, which is why it feels more like stretches when they manipulate versus chiropractic is based off a short lever, high velocity, low amplitude thrust, which delivers the adjustment. Granted, there are some techniques that we use that are much closer to a long lever than a short lever. And there are things that we've adopted from osteopathic manipulation. In the United States, very few osteopaths still manipulate. Okay. They've more or less integrated straight into the medical model and have left that technique behind. There are still some who do it. And now MDs are taking weekend seminars to learn how to manipulate. You might be going, manipulate, adjust, manipulate, adjust. What's the difference? Um, Semantics and chiropractors made sure that they owned the word adjust. (laughs) But when you're looking at manipulation, there's five different types of manipulation from like just stretching the joint to actually doing an HVLA. And so a adjustment is a grade five manipulation if we're doing comparisons. Gotcha. But that's getting real nuanced and no, no one cares. So actually, even as a lay person, what I heard from that was what a chiropractor calls an adjustment is a manipulation, but it's like the last one on the list. Like you've tried all the other things and the only thing left to do was poppy poppy. And mm-hmm. so there we go as opposed to just jumping in with the poppy poppy. Right. So there, there are so many ways we can get around it. I think the big thing is when it comes to who should you have adjusting you mm-hmm. or who should you have a manipulating you is 
probably the person who's had the longest time spent training it. A lot of times some physical therapy programs have integrated manipulation into their classroom study. I know my mother's actually a physical therapist. When she went through physical therapy school, they taught manipulation at the school she went to. But other ones, they just taught them in a weekend seminar. As a chiropractor, I spent two years of just adjusting before getting to touch another, I'm going to call it a real human, but a non-classmate. So if there's people who understand bad adjustments, it's chiropractors because we learn to adjust on each other. You had all like the you want to you, you want to hear some nightmare adjustments? Let me tell you about my classmates' first round of cervical adjusting and how I'm still hurt from it. Oh my god! <laughs> so that's that's a warning. If you're deciding to go be a chiropractor, you are the guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> that well, and so that is. I am. So I was very fortunate uh, in the UK that one of my closest friends was a physio um, and he did all kinds of PT stuff. um, And he was one that was like, I mean, you have definitely screwed your back up at a profound level. You should probably get help for that. And I remember like my favorite all time. uh, I came in one time. I was like, it made a clunking. And that seems like that's probably bad. And Chetan, who was um, had a, a very heavy Indian accent, looked at me. He went, flunking is not necessarily a bad thing uh, with his amazing accent. And it is one of my funniest moments ever. But like that is sort of for me, like having that physio there to him be able to explain, like, now do this, now do that. And like having that um, synergy between him and an osteopath and being able to help and advise and that sort of thing. I find it fascinating that that doesn't seem to translate here. And maybe it does. And I've just had really bad examples, but it is like, I, I have been to more than a bad chiropractor. I have been to many. Um, and consistently it is that kind of, oh, no, no, you don't need this. We'll do that. Oh, no, no, you don't need this. We can do that too. And is that just greed? Is that fear of being found out? Is it ignorance? Is it a deadly combination? (laughs) What's happening? It's a combination of things. So one of the biggest issues is that when referring out of your office to a physical therapist and medical provider, if you don't know who you're referring to, they may take your patient and go never see a chiropractor again. So if you haven't done a good job of creating a referral system that you trust, Mm -hmm. that's a dangerous place to be in because you don't have an open system of referral and your patients may never come back. Gotcha. Versus I've made, so with going through my fellowship, being in an integrative care setting, I was forced to learn how to communicate and speak to other providers. On top of that, when I'm at events, I'm with other providers and I need to be able to effectively communicate with them. So when I have someone come to my office that needs extensive soft tissue work, mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. I'm, I'm going to be fully honest. I am not there to be a massage therapist. I'm there to yell at you and kick your butt. So I refer to my massage therapist, but I know that massage therapist is going to send them back to me. Mm-hmm. And that's what's important. So 
but I've created those relationships. A lot of times chiropractors haven't nurtured those relationships. If anything, they've torched the bridge. They've just burned the bridge down so that they can't refer and they stop utilizing those systems. My dream is to build my clinic to the point that I have everybody in house. So I have an MD, I have a physical therapist, I have a massage therapist, I have an acupuncturist. Right now it's myself and I have a strength and conditioning coach. So when I'm done rehabbing them and I need to get them to the next level of fitness, I send them to my strength and conditioning coach. I, cause I know my skills are better utilized in the rehab piece versus he's better at getting them to the fitness piece. So I'm comfortable in myself and my skills to make those referrals, but I don't think a lot of other docs are. So you said earlier that you we're going to see people like seven, eight times and then bye. Is that always the case? Are there people that genuinely like you're going to see a monthly, like, is that a thing? And if so, what, what does that look like? At what point, if you're hearing as a patient, you're going to be a long-term chiropractic patient. Like at what point is that valid as opposed to somebody trying to sell you a line? So a lot of times with my patients, like I have several bodybuilders mm-hmm. and physique athletes and they're doing insane workouts. Okay. They may come in once a month just to make sure everything is staying balanced because they're specifically looking for that symmetrical piece. Mm-hmm. And that's someone that I'm probably going to adjust. And then we might modify some of their exercises. Mm-hmm but I have like one or two, honestly, I'm more of a get someone in, get someone out. I don't want you to feel that you have to come see me. Now, there are some people that are just sold on the model that they want to come in. And if they want to come in and pay me, I'm not going to tell them that they're not allowed. I'm okay with with seeing them. Yeah. So I, I, I tell the patient, okay, we're now ending your active care. We have gotten you to this, this, and this. You know, you have met your goals that we have set out for this active treatment. Now, if you want to keep coming in solid, otherwise go forth, do stupid, come back. That is my new favorite thing that you have said. That's even better than, than cracky, 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 cracky is go forth, do stupid, come back. I feel like I may start saying that to my children every morning um, when I drop them off at school because that is basically their life. It's I, a lot of my patients are older than me. A lot of my athletes are older than me or the same age as me, but I always say my athletes are my kids. I don't have biological children, but when I'm working with 65 professional women athletes and I'm more or less hurting the cats to get them like, okay, let's get everybody taped. Let's get everybody adjusted. Did you remember your cleats? Don't forget, you have to go potty before you go on the field. And they're like, okay, Dr. Mack. <laughs> like, this is just how we, this is just how it is. I love that image. Um, and I, I'm going to not try to follow it. Is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you want to make sure that we add and get them before we go? I don't think chiropractically, but I just want everyone to know 
If you want, I have a podcast called the Mac Performance Podcast, and it will whiplash you back into health. We jump topic to topic each week. There's a little something for everyone. And I'm incredibly excited for the month of June. I have a phenomenal pride lineup coming that's just going to be doing a deep dive into the LGBTQ, specifically talking about some transgender issues, including transgender transitioning in youth and a non-binary individual. So if that's a topic that you're like, I, I want to learn more and I don't know where to get resources. I'm going to be having content coming out on my podcast for that. Otherwise I'm on Instagram at MacP underscore clinic. And if you're in the twin cities and want to come see me, it's mobility, agility, chiropractic performance, and I'm located in Edina. Love it. All of those links will be in the show notes. So anybody who thought, oh, that was very fast. Do not worry. We got you covered. Um, I am totally going to be tuning into all of those in June because that sounds awesome. I have so many questions about that. We will discuss offline. Um, uh, thank you so, 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 so much, Melissa, uh, for joining me. I have really enjoyed and learned so much in this. And um, my new plan is that you will screen all of my chiropractors or I might <laughs> the Twin Cities, whatever. Um, <laughs> happy to do it. I am happy to try to help find people, ethical chiropractors, because my one mission in life is to get people better faster and keep them better longer, whether that be with me or with someone else in my profession that meets my standards of care. That is what matters to me. Awesome. And on that, we say goodbye. Thanks. You've been listening to, Hey, I want your job. For more information on how you can get your own awesome job, visit ONH Consulting at www.onhconsulting.com. We offer incredible resumes, no-nonsense career advice, and real-world tips for landing a job in today's market. Check us out on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Insta for more insider information. Soon, you'll be hearing us say, I'm Michelle Olivier, and hey, I want your job.